Hey, welcome to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm Asli Maslow, a brand coach, speaker, author, marketer, and the founder of Pretty AF and the Babble Boutique. I help entrepreneurs going from living paycheck to paycheck in a job they hate to thriving in a career and life they love. This is your place to learn from me and other entrepreneurs that are Pretty AF inside and out. We get into how to create income doing what you love while finding balance between your wellness, beauty, travel, and philanthropy. If you're ready to get inspired and have actionable steps to build the life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. I don't believe that you need to be debt-free at all. I think that's a really crazy way to look at things because Mm. debt actually gives you, you know, it's a powerful tool. So it gives you access to things in the present that you wouldn't have had access to otherwise, right? So mm-hmm. my school was a perfect example. I didn't have a hundred grand to put into school. So, you know, instead of waiting for years until I saved up that money to pay it off, I was able to take on that debt. And the same is true for a house, right? You're paying a very low interest rate on a house so that you can pay it off over time and you have that investment opportunity or access to that thing mm-hmm. in the present. And you know, you could even say the same thing for say you were to invest in a you know five or ten thousand dollar business course. Well, that could bring you in hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And allow you to grow that much more quickly. So taking on debt isn't a bad thing. It's just about making sure that your interest rates are at a place that they're low interest rate debt. You know, you're not running credit cards and you're being intentional about why you're taking it on and you have a plan to pay it off. Hey, welcome back to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm your host, Asley Maslow. And that clip was from today's guest, Kristen Watch. Kristen is a wealth expert. And in today's episode, she shares how to get out of debt, if you should even be trying to get out of debt, why the traditional model of finance is failing women, and actionable strategies towards financial freedom. She also shares wealth building strategies what energetics and mindset have to do with wealth, as well as some money management tips. This episode is packed with tips if you've ever struggled with your finances or you just want to get a little bit better at it. And Kristen definitely makes it a lot more fun than most financial people I've talked to. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. I'm a women's wealth coach. So I work with women to empower them around their finances, really understand what's going on with their money, how to create wealth through investment, and really rewiring and looking at limiting beliefs that stand in the way of all of that. So that's the work that I do. And the way that I got here is a very long and varied journey. I used to be a crude oil trader, so I worked in Calgary, Alberta and was yeah, a commodities trader for years. And then I moved to New Zealand. I ended up getting laid off from my trading career. And it was the, you know, most, one of those pivotal moments in life where the universe throws something at you that you weren't expecting. And it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And so spent, you know, some time in New Zealand. I moved there and began my life as an entrepreneur, basically. And started building different businesses and moved into specifically around the finance space because I had been working with so many coaching clients. I was, you know, coaching women in a business coaching capacity and working with these amazingly smart women, these talented women that just had the same dialogue running, you know, I'm not good with numbers. I'm not good with money. It's just not my thing was what I used to hear a lot. And, and it's, 
such an important space to master and these amazing women just not feeling capable or confident with money and creating wealth and and I think that's you know true of a lot of us women not just women but just you know in society we're not taught numbers from you know a really young age we're not taught personal finance and it's such a powerful space to really master and so mm. I began building that business you know specifically around empowering women around money with my you know my 12-week group program and it's just absolutely magical it's yeah I it lights me up it's you know those things that you could do all day every day it's you know that gives me energy um and just you know having a real impact in that space that's how I and it's you know I have an MBA in finance and so my background in the finance space combined with you know my understanding of business and and women in particular was you know how Mm. it all kind of came together awesome so I know that you've also been able to pay off $100,000 $100,000 in debt yourself. And that's an amazing accomplishment for anyone. Can you share your journey of how you were able to do that? Yeah. Yeah. So I graduated from the MBA program with, yeah, close to 100 grand in debt, thereabouts. And it is, it's a big number, right? And so it's really easy to kind of stick your head in the sand and not have a plan around doing it. And I was, you know, at one point making quite good money in my trading career. And mm-hmm. I found that I was actually never, you know, it didn't matter how much money I was making. I was always spending as much as I was making. And so what it really took for me to start paying down that debt was a shift in my mindset. Like a lot of the personal development work I've done, you know, just around rewiring limiting beliefs, like rewiring a lot of those scarcity patterns, those mindset, it's all, everything comes down to mindset, right? I can give mm-hmm. you, I had an MBA, right? So I knew all the tools around how to manage money. It wasn't that I didn't have the tools. Yeah. It was that there was anything else operating beneath the surface that was really driving my decision-making. You know, a lot of the overspending, um, a lot of the habits and patterns that I had built for many, many years. So it took really uncovering and unpacking that for me and then creating a plan to actually start paying it off. And so one of the biggest things is getting clear on your interest rates on your mm-hmm. debt. So mm-hmm. most people I talk to have no idea what interest rates they're paying. And if you don't, you know, that's, that's, it's totally fine, but it just takes one phone call to figure out what they are. And you just, you know, starting by paying off the high interest rate debt first. And some of those, you know, particularly if it's student loans. And in my case, I had a big chunk of it was student loans from the government. And so those are typically at a lower interest rate. So it was paying off them after the the higher interest rate stuff and using, you know, unexpected income, income, income coming in to really make a dent in those big numbers. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I got a severance package when I got laid off and, and that was really helpful with that piece. But it, this could be, you know, a bonus. This could be like a Christmas bonus. This could be anytime you get a raise. This could be, you know, an inheritance. This could be anytime you get like, you know, a big lump sum that you're not, or even a small lump sum that you're not expecting that can really go toward that instead of, you know, just frittering it away. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the things, you know, just really having a rock solid plan around and a prioritization of what order I needed to do things in. And then the biggest thing for me was leveling up my income. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, you can only, my philosophy around wealth creation is not from a place of restricted spending it's from a place of it's far more powerful you need to have a handle on both but really making big jumps in income is where the magic happens so you know i I ended up changing my career 
or changing my role and my position. It was in the same career. It was all in trading, but changing companies and changing roles that allowed me that quantum leap, you know, through the power of negotiation. And that's when I was really able to start paying down more and more. Hmm. I know um, Dave Ramsey is super popular with paying off debt, but it's like, I don't want to give up everything in my life that I enjoy just to pay off my debt, you know? <laughs> I don't, I don't believe that you need to be debt free at all. I think that's a really yeah. crazy way to look at things because mm. debt actually gives you, you know, it's a powerful tool. So it gives you access to things in the present that you wouldn't have had access to otherwise. Right. So mm. my, my school was a perfect example. I didn't have a hundred grand to put into school. So, you know, instead of waiting for years until I saved up that money to pay it off, I was able to take on that debt. The same is true for a house, right? You're paying a very low interest rate on a, on a house so that you can pay it off over time and you have that investment opportunity or access to that thing mm. in the present. And, you know, you could even say the same thing for say you were to invest in a, you know, five or $10,000 business course. Well, that could bring you in hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Mm. And allow you to grow that much more quickly. So taking on debt isn't a bad thing. It's just about making sure that your interest rates are at a place that they're low interest rate debt. You know, you're not running credit cards and you're being intentional about why you're taking it on and you have a plan to pay it off. So Hmm. it's not bad. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned that a big part of paying off that hundred thousand was realizing that you had a lot of mindset blocks and that that's a lot of, um, that's a big struggle that a lot of other women face that you work with. How do you know if you have those blocks as well? I'll give you a really clear answer. Everyone has them. <laughs> if you think that you're free of limiting beliefs, you just don't know what your limiting beliefs are. Mm-hmm. Every single person on earth has limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Everyone. <laughs> and the reason I know that is because it's not a problem to have these beliefs. A belief is just a thought that you believe to be true, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a thought you have in your head and you're so certain it's a fact that you're like, I'm not willing to, you know, to look at anything else. And so our beliefs, you know, we have a belief about, you know, the fact that this is a microphone and the fact that, you know, the sky is blue. We have beliefs about, about everything. We have beliefs about, you know, I'm not good with numbers. We have beliefs about, you know, the, the types of cars we like to drive. So beliefs are neither good nor bad, but they, they create boxes for us. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you might have a belief that, you know, whatever that goal, the next goal is for you, that next income goal, you might have a subconscious belief that because you've never done it before, that it's not possible for you. And so inherently for, especially if you're ambitious, but true, true for everyone, if you're setting new goals and you're expanding and you're growing, you're always going to be running up against these limiting beliefs, right? Because if it's something you've never created before, you might doubt yourself. Mm. (laughs) And so that's a natural part of the process. So it's not about being free of limiting beliefs. It's, questioning is this you know what are the beliefs that are actually operating beneath the surface and are they serving me Hmm. we might have beliefs from you know I had lots of scarcity beliefs from childhood you know around the fact that there was never enough like there's not you know we couldn't buy luxury you know we didn't have money to spend money doesn't grow on trees so if you heard all those you know a lot of those things when you're younger or, you know, money causes problems or, you know, rich people are evil. Any of Mm -hmm. these things are probably some good threads to pull on to start unpacking. You know, you, there are probably some beliefs there and most of our beliefs are formed in the very early years, you know, kind of the age of six. Mm -hmm. So go back a very long way. (laughs) So how do you, 
kind of work on those different blocks that you realize you have. Yeah, so it's a, working through the, this process is, you know, it, when I hired my first coach, mm-hmm. my first one-on-one coach, it changed my entire life because we inherently can't see our own blind spots, right? Mm-hmm. So there, you can do work on your own and it's so valuable to start, you know, reflecting and introspecting, but there are certain things you just can't see and that's perfectly normal. And so it's just, you know, if you think about Olympic athletes, there's no Olympian that shows up to the Olympics without a coach, right? If you really want to be performing at a high level, if you really want to be having an impact and really successful in life, having a coach is so powerful. It's just really, really valuable. So the way that, you know, that you really accelerate that process and really go deep and level up is, is working with someone that can support you on that. That's specifically around, you know, mindset, Mm. but the way you do it on your own is really just unpacking, you know, reflecting on what am I, what am I saying to myself about this? Mm -hmm. You know, anytime you feel resistance or stress or tension, what am, what's the, what's the thought that I'm actually saying to myself, you know, there's not enough money or I'm going to run out of money or Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. And, and really asking yourself, is this true? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that true? And so the awareness is the first step. And then creating a new belief is, is the second piece. So it's a simple process, but it's hard to catch yourself in the moment because you don't realize that it's just something that's running through your head, right? Yeah, because I think a lot of those things that you, if you've thought that your entire life, like you just inherently think it's true. So you don't really question like, is that true? Because you just you've always thought it was true. So it's like, it's like when I was growing up, I, my mom always told us that like, you just go to college. So like, I thought everyone literally went to college. (laughs) So like, I never questioned that, (laughs) you know? So if there's something that ingrained in you, like you don't really stop and like question, like, is that true? If you don't know any better. never seen anything else you know if you want to be a millionaire and you've never seen anyone around you actually have a million dollars up close you have Mm -hmm. you have no idea how that's possible for you your mind can't even compute that Mm -hmm. and so yeah it makes sense if you've never seen that growing up or you've only been uh, told certain things and every not just your parents but your whole community around you is living a certain way you don't believe that there's any other way you don't even you know you can't know what you don't know so right yeah not just your experience alone Mm. Um, you talk about how the traditional model of finance fails women. Can you share what you mean by that and what we can do instead? Yeah, so the traditional model of finance, you know, I came from a corporate trading background, right? And mm-hmm. so I was on a trading floor, you know, think, I mean, don't think Wolf of Wall Street exactly, mm-hmm. but like kind of close, right? So it's a very masculine environment. And I was one of a handful of women in the entire industry. So it was a whole bunch of men, you know, in a very male dominated environment. And I remember, I remember actually one day going to the bathroom and there was, you know, you don't cry on the trading floor and, and you know, you're, I was stressed. Like I was so stressed. And I remember going to the bathroom and I remember holding my head down and crying with my, my face, facing the ground so that my mascara wouldn't run and nobody would know I was crying. Mm -hmm. And I lived for so long in this very masculine driver, you know, this very much in my masculine energy. 
And that's what I thought I needed to do to achieve. That's what I thought I needed to do to be successful. And the masculine is not bad, right? Mm -hmm. The masculine serves a purpose, but I think it fails so many women and, you know, those who identify as women in so many ways, because we've forgotten the power of the feminine and the power of the feminine is amazing. And it's the integration of both of those energies that is really powerful around wealth creation. So the power of the feminine, you know, and this isn't man versus woman, right? We all have masculine and feminine energies within us, right? Mm -hmm. But it's trying to force women to be in a very male dominated box is not serving us. So the power of the feminine is like your intuition. It's your creativity. It's your flow. It's your ease. It's your, it's your collaboration, your cooperation. It's that part of you that values relationships and, and is able to build trust really easily. And so it's that flow, it's that surrender mm. that's really valuable. And so when I talk about the, the traditional model of finance is all around numbers, right? Mm. It's very, the masculine is very precise. The masculine is very rigid, it's structured, it's all about systems. And so it's all about strategy. And so this is why, you know, if we look at my, so my women's money mastery program, I'm, we're in week seven of my current group and it's the first time they've ever seen a spreadsheet in the program. So we spent all six weeks without looking at spreadsheets Hmm. because it's so important to actually do the, the groundwork first. So we talk about dreams, like dream as big and as bold as you want to, right? Like that's what the feminine energy is all about. Like what are you really playing for? Let's get excited about your freaking life. And then we'll make the numbers fit. We'll make the numbers work out. But it's not about the numbers for women, right? Women have to be excited by the impact and the purpose and the um, the vision, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and then, you know, rewiring those limiting beliefs. And, and this is why when I talk about women and those who identify as women, we are raised in a world where it's really, and there's all kinds of societal programming around the fact that women are good with numbers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, implicitly, whether you're aware of it or not, you probably have that dialogue running. And so rewiring those limiting beliefs is an important piece of the work that women get to do to feel really powerful. And then there's all kinds of things too around, you know, not being expected or encouraged to really generate wealth right? We are, mm. women aren't encouraged in the same way men are. And so there's a bunch of, and this is why I love that my programs are exclusive to women, because I love seeing the transformation around what's possible when smart women come into this program and they had, you know, they had everything in them that, you know, they were capable of the whole thing from day one, right? It's yeah. just giving them the tools and the, the mindset shifts to really make magic. And so I think women have a unique, challenges around that and unique Mm. gifts as well that I think the traditional model of finance doesn't speak to it's complex it's full of jargon it's not fun like Mm -hmm. money gets to be fun right like I'm all about hot money dates having you know (laughs) sitting down with your numbers I sit down every Friday and like you grab a glass of wine throw on a dance party like you know with Spotify playlist and like have fun with your numbers Mm because it's the tool that you get to use to create your dream life so that's where I think it's the traditional model of finance just is it's lame. It sucks. It's not, it's, it doesn't just suck for women either, but it's, uh, yeah, it gets to be more fun than that. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. Cause it, I mean, it was obviously created when men were in power, you know, and it hasn't really changed since then. So it kind of needs to. Yeah. I'm with you girl. 
Um, so can you share, I know you mentioned that negotiation has helped you with when you were transitioning jobs and helping you get out of debt. Can you share any tips you have on negotiating? Yeah. So negotiation is one of my favorite areas actually. And, you know, back to that sort of masculine feminine energy thing. One of the, one of the reasons I think a lot of women shy away from negotiation is because it feels like you have to be forceful. It feels like you have to like push and you have to be, you know, super assertive and, you know, dominant. And the, the reality is actually that a super, super powerful negotiation is all around understanding the other person. Mm-hmm. So the, the place that most people fall short in every single negotiation is that they start from their own perspective because it's the easiest one to access, right? So we know what we want and we just need to convince this other person that they want it to. Well, that doesn't work because this other person usually doesn't really give a shit what you want. (laughs) Even if they kind of do, you know, they're still in it for them, right? It has to be appealing to the other party. And so whether it's a, you know, you're, whether it's an individual or, you know, a group of individuals that you're negotiating with, really getting to the heart of understanding what is important to them. What are their needs? What are their values? What are their wants? Like, what are their alternatives? So if they don't do this deal with you, you know, say you're applying for a job, if they don't, if they're not going to make something happen with you, what are the alternative candidates? What is that? What does that look like? Are they desperate? Are they under a time crunch? Do they have to hire somebody tomorrow? Otherwise business falls. Um, What is the other person, you know, wanting? What are their constraints? Like, do they have decision makers that aren't in the room? Are there... Are there things that are super, super important to them? And, you know, often we think we know what's important to the other person and we haven't actually asked. So we're making a whole bunch of assumptions. And so this is the beautiful thing that, you know, back to what I mentioned before, women are so gifted, you know, mm-hmm. we are natural relationship builders. Mm-hmm. And so having an understanding, there are things that there are things that people will tell you and I in a conversation that they would never reveal to other people, mm-hmm. you know, to, and so it's, it's just where it's really easy to build trust for us. We're empathetic. You know, we have a really good understanding and this is, you know, obviously a broad generalization, but some of those talents that women are naturally good at that I think that a lot of people sort of miss or we discount, right. That it's not valuable and in actuality, it's everything. Mm-hmm. And so getting a really clear understanding of, you know, building that trust, building the rapport and having a really clear understanding of what's going on for that other person and how can you align what you want <laughs> with what it is that they want. And then, you know, meeting, it's not about even meeting in the middle. It's about positioning what you need in a way that really lands for them. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that about making it more about what, they want and really listening to the other person Um, because I feel like a lot of times there's so much emphasis on we should just be grateful for whatever opportunity and and then it kind of goes back to like well if you're not grateful then you have like a lack mindset Um, but if you're kind of focusing on the other person then that's not really an issue that would come up you know yeah, and you can be grateful and also ask for more. Yeah. <laughs> that too, you get to have it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, a limiting, that's a limiting belief right there, just to mm-hmm. give you an example. If I ask for more, it means I'm not grateful. Mm, yeah. yeah. Not true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as far as saving versus investing versus, like, paying off debt, 
what is kind of your advice if someone is like, what should I, what should I do first? Like, should I pay off my debt first? Should I save? What is your advice as far as that goes? Yeah. So the, I'll try to give you a short answer here. We go into great detail in this in my course, because it depends on what the interest rates are basically. Mm -hmm. So you want to, you want to get really clear on what those interest rates are. And you want to basically just ask yourself, where's the best, most efficient or most effective place that I can put this next dollar or this next hundred dollars. And so maybe that's in a savings account. So you want to be building an FU fund, you know, are we allowed to swear? Yeah. I always put an E on my episodes just in case. <laughs> so a FU fund is an emergency fund. It's a little amount that you have sitting in cash in case of emergencies, right? In case you lose your job, in case all your clients dry up, you know, maybe three months, maybe more. It depends how much you, you know, three months of in, um, expenses, right? The, so whatever you need to cover those couple months of expenses, just in case something happens. So you want to have that. You want to start building investments and you also want to pay off debt. And the order in which you do everything is a bit more of an art than a science. So high interest rate debt, which is anything, you know, if you're running a balance on your credit card, that is the very first to go. Um, anything above 7% is something I would consider kind of higher interest rate. You want to be paying that down as quickly as you can with the money that you have. Also putting, you don't have to save up for the FU fund all at once and then start tackling the debt and then start investing. You can kind of be doing a little bit of both, but mm -hmm. definitely the high interest rate debt is super important because it's burning a hole in your pocket. Like it's just hemorrhaging cash that you could be putting other places all paying all that interest. And then, you know, in, when it comes to investing, literally, you know, you can get started investing in most places with like 50 bucks, 50 bucks a month, whatever it looks like, whatever it takes to just get started, start putting something away. Cause then you have the system in place. You have a rhythm. It's coming out of your bank account every month on autopilot. And then once you have more coming in, say you have more because you paid off that debt, then you get to start putting more into investments. But the, the very most important thing is to really get started with the investing piece because otherwise it stays in that maybe one day, someday category. Mm -hmm. It never, ever happens. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on like, fun money like I know some people say like well until you like pay off everything you should cut out avocado toast and starves <laughs> I love avocado toast no girl if avocado toast is lighting up your life then eat your freaking avocado toast so and this is definitely a place that I probably differ from most people around my philosophy around spending is money is made to be spent like money is the thing that and this is you know back to that scarcity pattern we're taught that we have to be saving squirreling all our money away or there's something wrong mm -hmm. and money is made to be spent on the things that bring you joy on the things that light up your life and it's just about getting clarity on what are the things you know making decisions intentionally the most important piece around spending everything or in general is making decisions intentionally so where people get caught around spending is where they're overspending and usually it's because they don't actually know where they're, where they're spending their money. They don't have any kind of system set up and they're just spending willy nilly and hoping that things just kind of work out at the end. Mm -hmm. And I mean, without a system, it's really impossible to make clear decisions. But one of the, one of, you know, the most valuable tools that I found, you know, fine without looking at a budget or without getting into any of the numbers is just to be really clear on what your spending triggers are. So spending consciously on avocado toast because it brings you joy versus I'm, it's 11 p.m., 
and my boyfriend just broke up with me and I'm on Amazon <laughs> and I buy like $400 worth of new stuff, new shit that I don't actually need and I didn't intend to purchase, but I feel bad for myself and this is going to make me feel better or this is what I think is going to make me feel better. So mm. do you see the difference in those, the energy around those two things, right? One is a conscious choice. Maybe you eat avocado taste for the ne- toast for the next year every day and it costs you three grand, but it like lights up your soul. So it's, it's about, are the, are this choices that you're making coming from those uh, spending triggers? So I have like 10 of, 10 of them that, you know, FOMO, you know, fear of missing out, mm. <laughs> uh, sadness, um, anxiety, you know, stress, you've had a really bad day at work. Maybe it's guilt. You feel guilty. You need to buy, you know, your great aunt Sally a gift, even though you haven't seen her in 10 years. And there are all these things, you know, um, people pleasing. So there's mm. different spending triggers that will probably come up consistently for most people. And that's where you kind of get into, into deep water. So if you want to buy the avocado toast, all you need to do is make sure that it's part of your plan. Mm. So if you have, you know, seven grand every month to spend and avocado toast is one small piece of that, then that's a decision that you've made consciously and eat the toast away. <laughs> it, it's the overspending on places that actually aren't from a place of alignment. So getting clear mm-hmm. on what's, what is values aligned for you? What are you really like? Is it travel? Is it adventures? Is it fitness and exercise? Is it health and well-being? Maybe you spend a shitload of money on organic products because you really want to nourish your body. Mm-hmm. So there are places that you get to spend where it's not just about being restrictive because that's not a, that's not a life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of other finance type coaches that I've seen, it's almost like you have to suffer until you like paid everything off. And like, I just don't like it, <laughs> you know? Well, life isn't about, and you know, I think this is very different for our generation. Our parents grew up in a world where you work hard for like a hundred years and then you retire and then you, you know, you die. <laughs> and so you hope that you have enough money to retire with. And that's just not, you know, you get to live life the whole way through. And so that's why, you know, starting with what are your dreams? And this is mm-hmm. why you know, my, my program starts with crafting clear dreams. Like let's get really clear on where you want to be going and then figure out what decisions you need to make around your money to actually get you there. And maybe one of those dreams is like going on an amazing vacation, you know, when, when the, you know, when you have the ability to, right. right. And so, it's not that you have to wait X amount of years or that you have to, you know, make sure you have a whole bunch of, you know, these are societal box boxes that Mm -hmm. people expect us to check. Right. It's not necessarily in alignment for you to, to, to do any of those things. You need to find out what's aligned for you and, and create that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think that's really interesting too, that um, a mental block could actually also be like, that you think you need to pay off all your debt before you can do anything yeah. too, which I think a lot of people think that's just like, no, you should, <laughs> you know, you can do it any way you want. <laughs> yeah. What is kind of wealth building versus like just regular, I don't know, life or <laughs> what is wealth building? Building wealth versus making yeah. money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. So creating wealth is is the difference between, you know, making money is you having to do all the work for the rest of your life until you die. <laughs> so that's it's you trading hours for dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And eventually it, it, that falls short, right? Because you can increase your hourly rate and that's helpful. 
but you can't to really really create a, a, an amazing amount of wealth you can only increase that so much you have to build something that goes beyond you mm. because we don't want to put you in a situation where you have to work more or work harder to actually create more we want you to create systems where you're working less and making more mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what you know creating wealth is about making a system that goes beyond you. So that could be, you know, through investments, which, you know, you put a thousand dollars in and expect it to grow over time, right? That's a, that's something that's happening without you having to put in more hours mm. or creating a business, which, you know, I don't believe everybody should start a business. Like I don't, you know, not everyone is made for that or nor do they need to be, but that's one way to eventually give you leverage. You have a team of people that are doing things without you having to do all the work. So different ways, yeah, around creating wealth means going beyond you and mm-hmm. that's how that's when exponential growth starts to happen because you're not the bottleneck right you only mm-hmm. have so many hours in the week and they're precious yeah definitely you also talk about energetics and how that affects your money and all that can you talk about that yeah yeah so energetics are a really important piece of so i guess if you think about the the three pillars of you know, creating wealth, we've, you know, you probably know this, the strategies, right? There's, you know, how do you actually invest? There's the questions you've asked me here around, you know, which order do you save versus, uh, versus spend versus, you know, paying down debt versus investing? How do you actually manage the money? How do you Mm -hmm. budget? There's all the how to's, right? And everyone thinks they need another tool. They, if I just had a better way to budget, I'd be rich. (laughs) Well, that's Mm -hmm. just not true. If you, you can have all the tools and you won't take action on it if you haven't looked at your mindset. You know, we talked about those limiting beliefs, right? So that's kind of the foundation of, you know, constantly coming back to rewiring those beliefs. Those are two critical pieces of it because the having powerful beliefs, you know, having it's the difference between I can't do it, I don't know how, and I can figure out anything. Mm-hmm. I'm unstoppable with my finances. I'm a super smart woman and I know I've made magic in other areas. Like those kinds of beliefs, those empowering beliefs. Mm-hmm. So that's critical. And then there's this energetics piece. So being in energetic alignment, you know, you talk about manifestation, like being a, you know, in the frequency of the things that you want to create and bring into your life. Well, you, you need to be in energetic alignment for the things that you're creating, right? We've all been, you know, we've all been in a conversation with somebody who's just like, they feel really low vibe. Like they're just, you know, their energy is like, you know, just like heavy, mm-hmm. heavy. energy. So you really want to be in the energy of this magic that you're trying to create. You know, this is, this is a very simplified version of what sort of the energetic space is, but really getting into, you know, some of the alignment with those dreams that you want to create and doing it from a place of your heart. You know, we can talk about, I just got off a call with one of my clients and she's trying to do all this strategy around pricing in her head. And, and I said, you know, stop thinking about it. We can come up with all the strategy from your head, but drop into your heart. What feels aligned for you around your prices? Mm. And she said three grand. And I was like, can you back that price? Does that feel good to you? You're about to pitch a, a big client right now. Three grand. Yeah, that feels good. And so it's about getting into that energetic alignment with before you create the strategy on top of it. Mm -hmm. What do you say to people that say, um, like, well, that sounds kind of (laughs) (laughs) woo-woo? Yeah, Yeah, so there is, 
there is the piece of it that's woo-woo. So I'm super woo-woo. I'm very, very spiritual. So am I. I'm not judging you. I'm just... I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm next level woo-woo. Now, my courses are not super woo-woo. They're, you know, very much grounded in the science and and the facts. So you can, you know, you can go into the realm of, you know, when it comes to the energetics you can go as far as you want around the woo-woo, you know, spirits and angels and, and those things that are those higher, the, the higher powers that are supporting you, you know, to create. But part of it is not woo-woo at all. Part of it is like, if I want to create something in the world, I first need to set the intention around it, right? Mm-hmm. I need to be, I need to be intentional about the fact that I can visualize that dream before I can create it, right? And so a lot of that, that piece of it is, and you know, what I just, um, the example I just mentioned around dropping into your heart, around the pricing, what feels in alignment for you. Feelings are not woo-woo. Feelings are really easy for us to uh, to avoid because mm-hmm. a lot of us are so much more comfortable in the mind. But feeling good about something is not woo-woo. <laughs> it's a really powerful place to come from, right? When you, the strategy works, then you also feel good feel good about it. None of that is is that's all the kind of grounded in science pieces of it and, mm-hmm. you know, create attention, the visualization, you know, if you can, you know, to get scientific on the manifestation piece, studies show that visualization, people are more likely to, it creates tangible physical results in the real world when you put visualization to something. Mm-hmm. It actually, if you visualize, here's a study for you, visualizing visualizing a an action they had uh, I think it was just random people visualize doing an action with their muscles mm-hmm. so not moving anything at all they were actually able to build their muscles to the same extent to which the people that were actually doing the actions were so visualization is it teaches the mind and it actually produces ta- produces tangible changes in the you know in the 3d world that is backed by science so that's some of the pieces of that, you know, that energetic alignment, the, the, that piece that isn't, you know, there's a woo woo and then mm-hmm. there's the grounded in <laughs> reality and science mm-hmm. results you can't, you can't deny. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that study as well. That makes me think like, well, you can say it's woo woo, but it's real, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so the last thing that I want to ask you about as far as money is money management. Do you have any tips on just if someone feels like they struggle managing their money? Yeah, in just in general that mm-hmm. they they don't have a yeah, I mean <laughs> that's what my program is built for. <laughs> so I take the, take the women's money mastery program was would be my first uh, my first advice. I mean, you can really start anywhere, but like I said before, you you really need to look at the, your beliefs. Your beliefs are running the show, right? So you can you can find all the budgeting tools. I could give you strategies. I could give you spreadsheets. You know, I've talked you through kind of some of the the fundamentals of how to start thinking about putting things into different buckets. You know, around saving and investing. You know, looking at some of those spending patterns. But what's really going to change the game is not learning another tool. I mean, that's really important, but. If, if you've spent 30 years of your life running beliefs around scarcity, running the belief that I don't know if I can do it, running the belief of I'm never going to be rich, or it's one of those things that I'm just never going to figure out, 
or you know you're running all these patterns around I can't spend or it means something about me or some of these you know some of these patterns around what will it mean if I'm really as wealthy as I desire mm-hmm. like what will it mean about me people won't be won't like me as much you know I won't be loved so if those are all running the show and chances are there's some variation of something like that going on you really need to dive deep into those mm-hmm. otherwise the strategy won't take action on it. Mm-hmm. So you'll set up the budget, you'll get super excited. And this is what happens with most people. You get super excited in a flurry of like, okay, I'm really ready to make change and something's got to change. And then you run into a roadblock and those beliefs come up again and you're like, fuck, I'm like, just one more thing I can't do. You know, I thought I could do it and it's just, you know, it's just too hard. Mm-hmm. So, and without the support, you keep running the same, the same patterns, but around, yeah, managing your money, just the, the very first thing is get clear on where money is going. How much do you have coming in? How much are you actually spending? You know, a really startling exercise is like download your last three months of transactions from your mm-hmm. bank. Where are you actually spending your money? Mm-hmm. So just getting really clear on that would probably be one of the most tangible, tactical things. Like, I know you want some actionable, <laughs> actionable stuff. So yeah, that's probably one of the one of the big ones. Yeah, I think any time that there's something reoccurring in your life that you want to change, that you've tried a bunch of things and it just can't seem to change it, and you keep trying like different tool type things, I feel like it probably usually is a mindset type thing, and there isn't a tool that's gonna fix it. <laughs> Yeah, and there is a tool. There's, you know, you. I think one one thing women are shy away from sometimes is we don't feel like we deserve the support, mm-hmm. right? That it's selfish to actually get support around stuff because we're such givers, right? Mm-hmm. And I actually can think of a few clients right now that even coming into the program, they're you know nervous about making that kind of investment in themselves, and yeah. it's like the flow-on effect of you getting support and becoming powerful in this space. You make magic in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like. You women, when women are wealthy, it ripples, it ripples across so many different areas. You know, they give back, they impact their communities, their families. It's like, it's massive. So you making this change and really stepping into the version of you that is ready to create a new reality, right? You can have anything you want. You just need to be ready for it. And you need to Mm -hmm. become unstoppable in, in making that happen. So yeah, there's no, like I said, you know, back to that Olympic athlete example, like, if you want to be playing a big game, if you got big goals, you got big dreams, girl, like, yeah, get, get the right team around you to help. Maybe that's an accountability buddy. Maybe that's a group of girls that you, you know, girlfriends that you connect with and you sit down every Saturday and you talk about money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it can be in any number of ways, right? It's, it's, you know, you don't have to do it all alone and money can be this like shameful thing, this thing we don't talk about. And it's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, so you mentioned how much when women have that type of money, they give back. And I know that you give back as well. So I wanted you to share kind of the different ways that you give back since that's one of the pillars of Pretty AF. Yeah, totally. And I love that that's such an important value for you. So philanthropy is massive. And I think, you know, when it comes to this work around creating wealth, there's there's, there's a gap, right? There's a real wealth gap in society today. And it's, you know, I think it's only really growing. And so one of my philosophies, and you know, I didn't come from money, right? And so I really understand what it's like to be in that space of 
not being able to afford stuff and, you know, wanting, having a deep desire to make change. And there are certain things that are restricted because the finances just aren't there. So one of the things that I have, you know, built into this company is a portion of every client that comes through goes into creating scholarships for people with less, you know, that aren't as advantaged, you know, underprivileged, you know, minority communities. And so creating that space for them to also have access to this work is super important. And there will also be a piece of this, you know, to come in the future that will be around creating investment opportunities that are accessible, like mm-hmm. really, really accessible for people. And that's, I can't, they can't disclose a whole bunch of the details around that, but it's such a powerful piece because like I said, investments are the way to go to create wealth and go beyond you trading hours for dollars. And so Mm -hmm. there's a piece of that there that I really want to create and open up and make accessible. Sounds nice. (laughs) Um, So I want to get into your best tips to be pretty AF. Can you share your number one travel tip? Oh, (laughs) number one travel tip. Ask for the upgrade every time. (laughs) Yeah. Can you share your number one wellness tip? I would say the biggest thing for me around wellness has been really creating space in my days to, you know, for me, for years, I struggled with anxiety and I still, I still kind of do every time it sort of flutters in when I feel like I don't have enough time for stuff or I feel like I have a lot on my plate. Um, and so for me, wellness has been really deepening my meditation practice, but not just that, really creating more space in my days. So, you know, white space where I can go for walks, where I can be in nature, where I can really, really reconnect to myself. Mm. That's been the, the most powerful thing for me around wellness is connecting, connecting to self and to nature and, and to source to get super woo-woo. <laughs> I think that's a really good tip because I know... I deal with anxiety and I feel like I have to pack my days all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Can you share your number one beauty tip? Number one beauty tip. I stopped washing my face a few years ago. This is kind of random. I never used soap on my face ever. And my skin has never been better. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And I used to get pimples all the time. And yeah, as soon as I stopped that, I guess the, yeah, just the body does its thing. Hmm. What made you decide to try not washing your face? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Like, I use these little, um, you know, those, like, sponges that just, you know, kind of wipe the grease. <laughs> my face gets really greasy. Mm-hmm. So it just, like, wipes the grease away. Uh, so I use that. But I don't know when I started that. I can't remember. But it's, yeah, it's been working. Oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a go. Um, so you shared a little bit about your different programs. Can you share the names of them and kind of all the different ways people can work with you? Yeah, great question. I actually only have one program that I okay. offer, Women's Money Mastery Program. I'm really focused on that primarily because it's just so powerful. Like it's a proven methodology that works and it gives you everything you need to have the roadmap to create wealth. So you know, I talked about crafting clear dreams, getting really clear on your vision, rewiring limiting beliefs. How do you really level up your income, which is, you know, all that negotiation, being worthy of wealth, like how to make quantum leaps, taking action, like action in the world, finding your critical success activities, 
then there's getting intentional about your spending, which is, you know, some of those spending triggers, but like, where are you spending the money? And then creating wealth through investment. So, you know, it's an end to end, everything you need to go from, you know, I'm head in the sand about my finances. I never look at them. And, you know, I have these big goals and big dreams, but I don't really know how to get there. And all the way through to, you know, I've started with investment accounts. I'm like feeling like an absolute badass with my money. And I know the whole thing is totally working. So that's the, it's a 12 week program and it's just, it's my favorite thing to do. It's just magical. So there's another, another group that I'll be opening up depending on when this podcast goes out, but the, the next group will open up in at the beginning of September. So, okay. Awesome. Yeah, um, and if there, I mean, anyone is listening to this any later than that, they're, you know, get in touch because there will be, you know, other rounds, other rounds that'll open up. That's yeah. Okay, cool. Is there anything else that you wanted to share that you didn't get a chance to? Um, I think just, you know, for all of the women listening to this, I think women, we just don't give ourselves permission to dream. And one thing I would love for more women to know is literally anything is possible for you. Any version of your life is possible. And, you know, just because you haven't created it yet doesn't mean it's not there. And you're so much more talented and capable and amazing than you're probably giving yourself credit for. And the world of infinite possibility is like, is really at your fingertips. And it's just about, you know, looking at the mindset to, to figure out how to support you to get there. It's like, you know, the vision of your wildest dreams, those like dreams that give you butterflies in your stomach, like dream Mm -hmm. those and then dream bigger because you get that and you deserve it. Love it. So this is the last question that I ask every guest. What does being pretty AF mean to you? Yeah, I think for me, it's all around self-love. You know, it's really what is the, what is the version of yourself that makes you feel like an absolute badass? You know, what are those gifts that you know you have, that you hide, the ways that you shrink and stay small, that you really just want to expand into? And it's really just owning you, who you are inside and out, like all of the things, not just, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, like just really stepping into your, your own magic, your Mm -hmm. own secret sauce. Thank you so much, Kristen, for being on the show and sharing all those tips with us. And thank you for listening and taking the time to better yourself by listening to this episode. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to check out the show notes, give Kristen a follow. And if you're interested in going to the next level with your finances, be sure to check out the program that she mentioned and click the link in the show notes. I will see you in next week's solo episode. Thank you for taking this time for yourself to get one step closer to a life you love. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to me. If you left me a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening on, tell me what you want to hear more of or your favorite parts of the episode. Until next time, I'm Asley Maslow. Lots of love. And don't forget, you're pretty AF.